Hey everybody, welcome back to the Awakening Podcast. My name is Jordan Boyce. I'm the Awakening Pastor and I'm glad that you have chosen to both subscribe and listen to the Awakening Podcast. Uh, last week we talked a little bit about revival, our hope for 2017 and seeing revival in churches. Uh, I'm praying that we see a prayer movement come from young people that are serious about the church and serious about people having an encounter with Jesus, I really believe that the next awakening will come from young people that are giving their all, that are asking big things from God and seeing God do amazing things. Um, God's really moving in the Northeast right now, not just in our church, but in many churches. And uh, I tell you, it gives me faith for what's coming up next. And I believe um, and I hope that you're going to be a part of it. And I'm praying that Awakening uh, and all the crew leaders that we have, all the kids, all the people that listen to the podcast, that identify with the movement, I hope you lead the way in any way that you can. On your social media, in your life, in your prayer. You know, I'm not, uh, I know we're not perfect, but I pray we push. We're not perfect, but we push. We push for God to do mighty things. We push for God to come through. We push to see God come through in our local church, not just our youth ministry. Though I pray our youth ministry is moving, but I pray God does awesome things on Sunday morning in all of our churches, and uh, I want to encourage you this next year, don't wait for someone else or someone more qualified or someone, you know, with the right circumstances to come along in the perfect position. Uh, Throw yourself into ministry. Throw yourself into helping anywhere you can, any way you can. Here at New Life, at our church, we say uh, we're here to serve what, we're here to do whatever, wherever, whenever. And that's kind of the mantra that, that's kind of come from our souls that we want to help in any way we can. And I believe revival comes to those that want it and through those that will do anything to get it. And so I, I pray that you, uh, in 2017, give your very best to the local church and see what happens. We're here in part two of a sermon I spoke uh, at Awakening Conference called A New Era. It got wild. It got a little bit out of control. Uh, We were in an arena, and they had never seen anything like this. The sermon went way too long. We cut it down and still can barely put it into uh, two podcasts. Um, It was like a worship experience slash party slash preaching slash who knows what. And uh, it was quite an incredible moment. And so uh, you've already heard part one. If not, go back, listen to that first. And then we're going to jump back into the sermon titled The New Era from Awakening Conference 2016. What does the Bible say? It says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. When his blood mixes with your words, when his action mixes with your story, you are unstoppable. David remembers God's faithfulness and, 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 and Saul, all he wants to talk about is Goliath's rhetoric. But I'm here to tell you, if God did it then, he can do it again. If he did it before, he can do it now. If he brought revival into New England twice before, why not a third time? He's done it twice. If he did it with Finney, why not you? Whitfield, why not us? If he did it in Boston, why not Providence? If he did it in New England, why not New England again? Lord, awaken the sound of revival again. Awaken the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Awaken again, Lord God, the Davids that will mount up and will get their slingshots and let a rock fly. Thank you, Lord. Come on, a revival is rising in this place tonight, and it's not just coming from God. It's coming through you. 
You need to tell the enemy what God's already done. You got to remind yourself what God's already done. Here's the reality. Goliath never stood a chance. There was no fight. We'll get there. There was no fight. It was one sentence long. The rock flew and Goliath fell. Battle over. Because the Holy Spirit's on you for right now. So Saul said, okay, okay, okay. Well, at least wear my armor. Oh, the armor that you're not wearing? The brand new, unscratched armor that you haven't tried on? At least wear my armor. If the armor was so good, you wear it. At least use my own sword. If the sword was so good, you take a step forward with it. Beware allowing the counsel of people that have never worn the armor and never fought the battle into your call. It's your call. And God set it aside for you. And I'm telling you, your God will supply all of your needs. And if you needed some man-made thing, he would have given it to you. But you're no Saul, the people's king, the man-made armor. You're a David, anointed by God, chosen by him, clothed in righteousness. See, if, if David defeated Goliath in Saul's armor, Saul would have gotten the credit. That's his armor, that's his sword. And people would have said, oh, it's because he got the anointing of Saul. But David said, no, I'm going to stick with what I've already been anointed with, clothed in righteousness. God's already given you everything you need to take out what he wants you to take out. Beware of whose counsel you allow into your call. Because here's why. We already saw what Saul has created, right? The Israelite army, they got up, they made noise, and they ran away as cowards over and over. That's the leadership of Saul. That's the spirit of Saul. That's the spirit of the world. That, when, that you might get along for a little bit, but when a giant rises, the world doesn't have the power to knock it down. Only the church does. And you is the church. And so when the giant arose... There became a real problem here that Saul couldn't deal with because he could only deal in the natural and he needed something in the supernatural. He needed something very powerful. Saul, he created cowards. But David, he created something else. See, David had a mightiness on the inside of him. And when that mightiness began to rise, he started pulling some people around him and the mightiness got on them. In fact, the mightiness was so strong that it began to breed more mightiness. So pretty soon there was a core of dudes around David and they were called David's mighty men. Saul produced cowards. David produced warriors. You need to get around some Davids and get your might on their might and get their might on your might. And pretty soon together, you're able to conquer something supernatural more than you could take out on your own do you have a crew that's got some boldness because here's the crazy thing here's the crazy thing David took out this Goliath but just a couple chapters later there were four brothers of Goliath look it up first Samuel 24 and those four brothers of Goliath they came for David many years later because they were not having it 
And these four brothers of Goliath, when they came to David, David said, all right, let me grab my four other stones. But in that moment, the mighty men next to him said, David, you've done your duty. And they stepped forward and they took out all four of those Goliaths. Come on, you need to get around some people. You need to tell your youth pastor, I got this this time. I'm gonna take this thing over. I'm gonna worship on my own right now. I'm gonna pray on my own right now. You need to begin to stand up and say, thank you for your example, but now I'm gonna set my own example. Thank you for what you've done, but I got something rising in me that I gotta do. Come on, do we have any mighty men and women in the house tonight? Give the Lord a shout. Because it's not just about one, it's about many. It's about many. So David shows up. David shows up. And there's the giant there. There's the giant. And the giant begins to speak with the voice of the enemy. You know, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's just unbelievable. Here his brother is speaking lies. And then Saul said to him, you can't conquer this guy lie. So he says, you're not worthy. Go home. Lie. You can't conquer him. Lie. Then Goliath says, says today, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. Lie. Lie, lie, lie. But there's a truth that's rising up on the inside of you right now and says, no, today the Lord's going to deliver into my hand your head. And that is the truth of Jesus Christ, that he is for you. So who, what could be against you? See, see, Eliab, Eliab said to David, you, you, you. And then, and then Saul said to, to David, Goliath, Goliath, Goliath. And then Goliath said, I, I, I. But David, he's got some faith. He's got some wisdom. He said, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Because who you've got backing you, who you've got backing you, who you're pointing to, that is whose authority you're going to walk under. Be careful who you're pointing to. So the giant, the voice of the enemy, he begins to roar against the body of Christ. He roars against Israel. Make no mistake, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers, principalities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in dark places, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Look, you are in a fight whether you like it or not. And it's a spiritual fight, and there's some giants in the land. But I hope you're like Caleb, and I hope you're like Joshua, that say, man, there's some giants in the land, but the land's pretty good. So let's just take out the giants and take what God has promised for us. And so, so what you need to understand is right now, what's happening right now is a giant is falling at this very moment. In, um, back in January, the Times Magazine released that... Uh, Providence, Rhode Island, this specific city we're in, was the number one least biblically-minded city in all of America. This city, right here. And then it went on to name uh, almost all of the other top ten were cities within New England. Least biblically-minded cities in America. I'm telling you, there's a giant in this land that has set itself against the growth and the health of the church. The church. 
It doesn't mind if there's some churches, but they can only make noise and then run away. But whenever a church begins to rise, that Goliath begins to turn its focus on it. But I'm here to declare that Goliath's about to go down because the Davids have gathered and a sound is coming forth and Time Magazine's gonna have to update the list because they didn't know what's happening in this place. Your very existence here is a miracle. Give God some praise right now. The enemy would try and stop this conference, but there's something mightier than the enemy, and it's the power of Jesus Christ. You're not here by accident. You're here to make history, and your very existence here is a historical moment, and I hope your spiritual ears are listening because there's a thud going on. And you know what's so amazing? It's so amazing. One time I heard a pastor say, he said, man, church planting, having a church in New England is so difficult. He said, the best view of Boston I ever got was in my rear view mirror, and I'm never going back. But I'm grateful that some people are rising in this place. I say the best is yet to come. The best is still in front of us. Yeah, there might be a couple giants, but the land is good and the land is God's and the land has been promised to us. So we will conquer the Anakin and we will march around Jericho and we will let out a loud shout and let the walls come tumbling down and the people of Israel arise. Oh, And may the whole world know that Jesus did it. Man-made armor couldn't take this giant down. But the God will, of all things will soon crush. 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 Satan. David's at when they say you look foolish get louder when they say calm down turn up may the walls of Jericho fall come on a giant is falling right now the church is bursting forth right now. Take the promised land. Aha. It's your land. It's your land. Listen, young person, it's your land. It's your land. It's your church. It's your youth ministry. Okay, okay, I've only preached half the sermon. We're going to have to keep going for a while. Right now, tonight, your very existence in New England, your very existence means the enemy is losing. 
It's fight night. It's fight night. It's fight night. Get out your slingshots. It's fight night. Get out some rocks. It's fight night. See, what we don't need is another sermon. What we need is a sound. When the people walked around Jericho, they were silent for many days. But when the time came, the trumpets blew, and the people of Israel let out a mighty shout. And out of their sound came a victory. There is power in your praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. Oh, don't stay silent. And it's good that we get loud now because we're practicing for heaven. So David stood in front of Goliath and he had that stick that killed the, the lion and the bear. He had that stick with him. He had the stones, but he had that stick. And Goliath, he sees David and he instantly tries to taunt him because that's all the enemy's got. Oh, big tough guy. Doesn't even draw a sword in this battle, big tough guy. Doesn't even throw the spear once, big tough guy. Yeah, the enemy's only got words because God has not given him the authority over you. Only one spirit has authority over you. And it's the spirit that deserves and paid for that authority with a high price. So Goliath says, what am I, a dog that you're coming at me with a stick? You got a stick? And the enemy always wants to taunt what you got. That's it? You only have a little bit of creativity? That's it? You only have a little bit of a good singing voice, that's it. You only have a little bit of intellect, that's it. You only got a little bit. You only got a little bit of passion, that's it. You only got a little fire, that's it. Only a little zeal. What could that do? You only got a stick. See, the enemy must have forgotten that just one little stick. I'm supposed to end this sermon. I'm supposed to end this sermon in 45 seconds. Should we close? Maybe pray? Anybody want to go home right now? Because see, look, look. You want to get some warriors around you. When, when, God, when God was going to use Gideon, the first thing he said is, hey, whoever is afraid, go home. Whoever's afraid, go home. And whoever's not vigilant, go home. 
There might be some people that have br are bringing fear into your life and you need to send them home. You might need, there might be some people that aren't on watch with you. There might be some things or some spirits in your life that you need to send home because you are part of the army of God and he's about to do a mighty work in you. If you're nervous, go home. Because we don't need quiet do-gooders to sit in the pew and just love on you. I, I just want to love on you right now. We need some warriors. We need some priests. We need some prophets. We need some kings. We need some ch children of God with some passion. Is that all you got? A stick? A stick? See, Goliath must have not been that smart, must have had a short memory because God has done, God's done a lot of pretty powerful things with just a wooden stick. God said to Moses, what's that you got in your hand? Because whatever you got, God will use. What's that you got in your hand? A stick? Let me lead a nation with it. God's done some pretty incredible things with a wooden stick. Like, like there was this one time where all the children of Israel, they were waiting and there was a literal ocean sea in front of them. And God said, hey, remember that stick? Lift it up. And when Moses lifted that stick up, the sea began to part. God's done some pretty powerful things with just a stick. There was another time when when a plague broke out in all of Israel and God says, look, I want you to do some stuff and put this snake on this stick and I want you to lift it up and all of a sudden people will be healed of all the venom in their, in their body. They'll be healed. So, so go ahead and put that thing and lift the stick up. And the Bible says when the stick was lifted up, all of a sudden the camp began to be healed. God's done some pretty powerful things with just the stick. There was another time where they came up, they were, the people of Israel were really thirsty and they came up to the water and the water was bitter and poisonous. So God said, hey, take that stick and throw it into the water. And when they threw it into the water, the water changed from poisonous to pure and they were able to drink and have fresh life. God's done some powerful things. There was another time when a battle was going on. There was a battle going on and Joshua was fighting the battle and Moses was up above. And, and, and the Lord told him, I want you to lift that stick up. And whenever he lifted the stick up down in the valley, Joshua began to win the battle. And here's why. Because it's more than a stick. See, 2,000 years ago, all Jesus needed was a wooden stick. It was called a cross. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, the battle will be won. It's over for them, but it's a new era for us. The cross is reigning over your life. The stick of God is reigning over your life. You can't lose. It's done some powerful stuff with just a wooden stick. <laughs> Victorious stuff. See, maybe... Maybe to us, a wooden stick is no big deal, but a wooden stick in the hands of God is the instrument of salvation. So we thank God for the cross and what he did. 
with a wooden stick. But what's amazing is David didn't just have a stick. He had a stone. Jesus said that I am the rock of salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone of our faith. He didn't just have the cross. He had Jesus Christ himself. He chose a smooth stone without a blemish, pure in all ways. Jesus is our rock of salvation. David reminds himself, you are my rock of salvation. You are my strong tower. And I'm here to tell you that when that rock went out before your life, it crushed the enemy's head. Jesus went out and he crushed the head of Goliath. Could you sit? I've got 45 more minutes. Are you sure your legs can take it? Here's what you need to know. Christ, the rock, goes out before your life. He's already done this, and he smashes the head of the enemy. He smashes the, the, the sin that tried to take you out. He smashes the plans that would be set up against you. Jesus is our rock. The rock smashed his head. Listen, listen, listen. I don't know what exactly is going to happen tonight, but we're going to smash something. Capital S, capital M, capital A, capital S, capital H. It smashed his head. Lift up a sound of a smash. Come on, the word of God is going out. Because Jesus says, instead of Jesus, you will, you will crush his head, but he will bruise your heel. Yeah, the cross hurt Jesus, but it hurt Satan a lot more. He had a bruise that will heal, but Satan had a crush, which he will never get back up from. Jesus Christ smashed the head of Goliath, smashed the sin in your life, smashed the seat demons that have set themselves against you. He smashed the plans of the enemy. Jesus has smashed, smashed. It's violent. It's powerful. It's mighty. He's gone out before us and he's smashed our adversaries. It doesn't matter how tall Goliath was. After his head got smashed, he fell to the ground and David was still taller. Whatever the sin was in your life, it's on the ground. It's twitching. It's dead. It's not coming back to life. And you now get to stand over your sin. Jesus said, I will put Satan underneath your feet. He's not above you. He's not over you. I saw Satan fall like lightning. He's no adversary. His head is smashed. Jesus already did it. He already won. Jesus said, hey, take courage because I've already overcome the world. The war is already won. Therefore, your battle will just confirm you. Because you can't lose. You can't lose. 
and we got a, we got a stick and we got a stone. We see this powerful thing that just happened. It was a mighty thing where Satan fell before the Lord, where Goliath fell before David. Sticks and stones are dangerous combinations. There was this one time where Moses, he had the stick. And the Lord said, I want you to speak to the rock and have water burst forth and give life to the nation. But Moses was angry. So he took the stick and he struck the rock. And water still burst forth, but God said, that's not what I asked you to do. And there were actually consequences for Moses' life. Because something was very powerful was supposed to happen into that moment. He was only supposed to speak to the rock. Because Jesus was supposed to make contact with the rock. The stick and the stone, that was supposed to be Jesus. Moses could only speak about Jesus, but it took Jesus to come and make contact on earth. It took Jesus to come and literally hit the ground. Bible says, Bible says that there was Jesus who's the rock and there was the wooden stick which was the cross and and the Bible says that Jesus had to carry the cross up to Golgotha, which means the skull, or the skull of the rock. The skull. It's pretty amazing. Golgotha is a picture of this. The crucifixion is a moment where the stick and the stone came into contact with the earth. And here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. When Jesus, the stone, and the stick of the cross, when they came together, the Bible says, when they put the stick into the ground, into the skull. Are you getting this? The rock went out from David, and it went into the skull of Goliath, and it split his skull, and he went down, never to get back up. But when the cross and the rock went into the skull of Golgotha, the earth began to shake and it split the skull of Golgotha and death died that day. And you and I have been given new life. Give him a praise, give him a praise, give him a praise. So, the earth split open, and at that very same time, the Bible says the curtain which separated us from the presence of God was rent. And just like before, when the rock poured out water, now the water of the Holy Spirit poured out onto all of the earth. And through that split that Jesus created, sin died, Goliath's dead, sin ain't getting back up, and the Holy Spirit has come in a new victory to unleash a new era on his people. You have access now because of this stick in the stone. The battle is the Lord's. Take courage. He has already won it. It was one moment. The devil didn't even see it coming. See, Goliath didn't even see it coming. That stone's moving very fast. Goliath took a step. There was a flash of white. Something split open. And that's it. There was no fight between Jesus and Satan. Satan never even saw Jesus coming. 
When Jesus said it is finished, it was finished in that moment and all of the earth now belongs to Jesus Christ. And his Holy Spirit began to pour. It began to pour. It began to pour into what he owned. The battle was won. The sin in your life is dead. The giant that tried to arise against the church in New England is dead. Its head was split open this weekend. Stick in a stone. There's some powerful things that could happen with a stick in a stone. So when David let that stone loose, Goliath went down and that was the end of the story as far as Goliath is concerned, but something pretty powerful happened. David went over Goliath and he stood on top of him. Big, tall, bad, mean, loud Goliath. Not so much a lion anymore. You used to be loud, but now your vocal cords don't even work. Remember that shield you used to have? Wasn't working. Because the Lord is our shield. And the Lord is our sword. And so, and so David stands over mighty Goliath, you know. David was pretty short. The Bible talks he wasn't a big dude, which, thank you, Jesus, I take that for myself. Spirit of David. He wasn't a big dude, but he was taller than Goliath when Goliath was on the ground. It doesn't matter where you come from. You have power over sin, not because of yourself, but because of the stone. The stone went out before you, and it crushed, and now you stand over Satan. He can't talk to you. He is underneath your feet. He's got to talk to your boot because he is not eye to eye. He's down there, and he's never getting back up. Still good? You still good? You still good? Daystar? Daystar, you still good? I just imagine people sitting on their couches like, yeah! Okay, so Goliath is laying down and what's so beautiful about this, I want you to know tonight, it, tonight's not a battle, the battle's already won. Today, tonight's a celebration. We're not fighting, we're partying. Because the war is over and the king sits on the throne and his Holy Spirit reigns and you've been saved. It's a party in here tonight because he's already doing it. Come on, come on, come on. And so, and so he stands over Goliath and he takes the sword of Goliath. This is just messed up, the dude's already dead. But he's about to humiliate him in front of all of his friends. See, David rejected the sword of man because he had a better sword in mind. I'm going to take the sword that God provides me. And he took the sword of Goliath. The Bible says he cut his head off with his own sword. Now listen, what the enemy meant for your harm... God is going to turn around and use for your good. You're going to kill the enemy with his own sword. He tried to trap you, but the enemy is going to fall into his own trap. He tried to stop you, but only the enemy is going to be stopped. 
because you have the stone of salvation and you have the sword of the Lord. And so you get to kill the enemy with his own sword. Listen, the things that the enemy tried to do in your life, though horrific, God's now going to take the sword out of his hand and he's handing it to you right now. Your pain, your pain, telling you your pain, he's going to wipe every tear from your eye. But he's going to give you the sword. And out of your pain is going to come healing. And out of your healing, joy. And every time you walk around not depressed, you kill the enemy with his own sword. You once were dead in your own trespasses and sins, but Jesus Christ came and he made you alive. And so he hands the sword to you. And just you being a living, breathing Christian is killing the enemy with his own sword. Situations that have gone on in your life, although maybe they have been horrific, I believe that God is gonna begin to shift them even tonight. And he's taking the keys. He's taking the authority from the enemy and he's handing it to you right now. And this sword is sharp. And when you swing, you're not gonna miss. And I wanna let you know right now, if there's some things that have been holding you back in your life, if there's some, some things that happened to you, or maybe things you brought upon yourself, I believe there's a spirit of release in this place right now. It's flowing in this place right now. God's handing the sword back to you and he's saying, finish the job. The enemy can't stop you. He's down. He's out. And freedom is your portion today. Kill him with your own sword. Kill him with his own sword. You know, there's a man in this place, in this room right now, good friend of mine. He, uh, he told me his story. He came to church one day, and before that, he had uh, been living kind of a crazy life, and drugs, and and he was telling me that he used to be the lookout guy when his friends, when his crew would go and burglarize a house. He would stand right inside the door and make sure he was a lookout guy. So if anyone was coming home, he would let everybody know and they would get out of there. He's not proud of it, but that's kind of what his life would do. Totally unsaved. One time his wife, uh, she, she heard the word of the Lord. She kind of started going to some church things and she got saved. She came to our church and all of a sudden came alive in Jesus Christ. So amazing. And she kept telling him, you got to come to church with me. But he said, I know who I am. I'm the guy that watches the corners. I I I'm the guy that's looking out for the cops. I'm not going to go into a church. I know who I am. Well, one day she was getting baptized. So he decided to come. He said he was sitting all the way in the back thinking, man, all these people know what I really am. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit began to go after him. It was so amazing. All week long, all week long, the Holy Spirit was chasing him down. That man got saved, and here's the beauty of the thing. Tonight, he's serving in this room. But you need to know what he's doing, because he does it every single week. What he does right now is he's security. He's one of our security leaders. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And what he does is he stands right inside the door and he makes sure as a lookout man that the right people are coming in and there's safety in the house of the Lord. Oh, you gotta kill him with his own sword. Who you used to be, God has handed to you and said, take a swipe. 
See what the enemy thought he was going to kill you with is what you're going to kill him with. What he thought what he thought he was going to humiliate you with, you're going to humiliate him with. See what the enemy thought he was going to do in front of all of your friends, mock you, taunt you. See that's the thing. The enemy thought he won when he had Jesus on the cross. They were mocking and spitting and laughing, but Jesus knew. You think this is a stick, but it's about to become a sword and you're going to die. And through Jesus' death, he took the keys, he took the sword, and he slayed death. What the enemy planned for you, God's going to turn it around. He's going to use your pain, he's going to use your screw-ups, and he's going to use your failures, and he's going to use them for your benefit and for the benefit of the entire kingdom. I'm preaching too long now, aren't I? I should stop. No, no, we've got church in the morning and we like to we like to be quiet and have some Sunday tea and where my warriors at? Who's got a sword in the place? Who's got a sling in the place? Come on, let your worship go out. Okay, okay, okay. Kill him with his own sword. What you need to understand is where Goliath was standing, he fell, and David took Goliath's place, and he stood over him. And David got the victory. Here's what you need to understand. Here's what you need to understand. Where Goliath was standing, now David stands. Where the enemy used to stand over you, now you're going to stand in that same place over him. Because all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Therefore, you go. He's given his authority to you. Here's what you need to understand. Lucifer, Lucifer used to stand in heaven. He was the lead worshiper in all of heaven. The worship came out of him. The Bible talks about how he had all these gems and rubies and it reflected the light of the Lord back onto God. Literally, the glory of the Lord went through Lucifer and went up to God. Right? That is what he used to be. He used to be the lead worshiper of heaven. Before anyone was around, that was Lucifer's job. He got to be worshiper. He got to be worship leader. But see, the thing that happened to Lucifer, honestly, it happens even to a lot of human artists that get this big, is he began to think just because he had this ability that he owned the ability. But the gift was God-given for God's own. The purpose of your abilities is not for yourself, but it's for the glory of Jesus Christ. It's for the fame of Jesus Christ, that all the world may see you and be pointed up to heaven. But Lucifer didn't understand this. And so Lucifer thought, I'm the source of all of this. And so he led a rebellion against God that lasted half a second. And God threw him down like lightning onto the earth. Lucifer lost his standing with God. He lost his place with God. He couldn't use his voice and his lungs anymore to bring worship to God. But here's the beauty, is that God had a plan. 
And where there used to be one worship leader in heaven, God has replaced him with you. And when there was only one worshiper, now Jesus has given himself billions of worshipers. And you stand in the place that Satan used to stand. And it's now your worship that goes up. It's now your adoration that goes up. It's now your love that goes up. Come on, lift up, lift up, lift up. And why that's so awesome, why that's so powerful is that used to be the weapon Lucifer had, but God defeated him and he took the weapon back and he hands the weapon of praise to you. That's why your praise is so powerful and it's why Satan hates your praises so much because he used to have that place. He used to have that authority. He used to have that honor, but now you got that honor. So every time you praise, you kill him with his own sword. Every time you worship, you slay him with his own sword. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. For more content and resources, head over to awakeningconference.com and share this podcast with someone you know. We'll see you next week.